plus minus. Curry, way Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a live edition of the Warriors Plus Minus podcast, the Boston edition. Uh, I am seated in TD Garden uh, as they looks like they're setting up to make it a Bruins. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say they were setting up the championship stage. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> last time we were there, last time we were there, that's what happened oh, I- right there. Okay. I thought you were saying that the Celtics were celebrating their championship from one in this game. But, uh, uh, nah, nah, nah. Yo, actually, yeah, nah, that wasn't the point. My bad. <laughs> yeah. um, no, that that is a hockey arena. I'd say from my time oh, spent yeah. there, it's a, that is built for hockey. It's not so much true for basketball. A lot of these, a lot of these East Coast arenas are, and they're colder yep. because of it. Um, yep. But yeah, Washington, this, Philly. Oh yeah. Uh, yep. Detroit is like built for the Red Wings, and uh, you know the, the Pistons are just tenants. But this is what the people came to hear about, right? Uh, <laughs> no, they, you know I would say top five entertaining games of the Warrior season to this point. Uh, obviously, finals rematch goes overtime. They can never, almost never win in overtime, uh, and they lose. Uh, what is like I don't know takeaway number one for for from you guys? Go ahead, man. That they can, they can, they still got it. Like, they still can go into Boston against the best team in the league and win. They should have won. It was a winnable game. They had it. Uh, I feel like they've been saying to themselves that they can flip a switch, and this was a time where they did it. We saw them do it uh, uh, against Boston in uh, Chase Center, but that's Chase Center, right? We haven't seen them do this on the road uh, against a Boston team. Against anybody, yeah. yeah. Against a Boston team, you know, wanted to beat them. Uh, so I, I do feel like, even though, like, you know, it probably feels to Warriors fans like a huge disappointment. I, th- I think they, I think they convinced themselves of something that is still viable. Now, I mean, through all, through it all, they're banking on the fact that still, TK, they can go into an opposing arena and win a road game. <laughs> Right, Which like they've that's done. what they've done. They've done it. The question is, can they still do it? I think a game like this, and and maybe you know, I'm not saying this means they'll win the finals, but man, <laughs> it, it still looks like they'll be a tough out if they can go win a road game in another arena, and if they can do it, if they can, if they can basically do it in Boston or come that close to doing it in Boston, they can do it in most other arenas. It and was gonna a have great to. crowd right tonight. The one thing I'd just say in the, before I flip it to Tim, it was a great crowd tonight. It was not finals level, of course, but I'd say that was like equivalent to like at Denver in round one from like a, just a crowd level standpoint, which is always impressive in the regular season. Tim, your takeaway? I'd say they're going to have to win on the road. I mean, it's pretty clear they're not going to be one of the top two seeds, so eventually they're, they're going to be playing on other teams' home courts to start the series. They're going to have to win. We've seen them do it. As MT said, it was a 27 in a row, whatever. It's in every single playoff series of the Steph Curry era. But I, I think it starts with Kerr signaling to them. It was a big deal by making the lineup change. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Looney out, pool in, and 
that's obviously not their best defensive lineup. So they're going to have to scr- signals right away. They're, they're, they got to scramble on defense. Jordan Poole is guarding Jalen Brown to start the game. Pretty well, by the way. And <laughs> it should well. be noted. It's, I, you know, my uh, criticism of Jordan Poole is often and certainly, you know, not hidden, but he played a freaking hell of a defensive game tonight. Like, just hell of a defensive game. I don't can't even remember when he gave up a bucket and then when they switched the assignment and they had someone else on Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown was scoring. Uh, like, this was a, just a just a big-hearted, like, here I am, I can do this Jordan Poole game. And I thought Wiggins scrapped, too. You know, Wiggins' shot still isn't there. Who knows when that's going to come back. But Wiggins was in there slapping at the ball, diving for the ball. Uh, there was that stuff in this game that we have not seen on the road. Slater, have we seen it on the road? Like one game, maybe one or two games? Uh, at Minnesota. Was, like, at uh, Minnesota, maybe. But the one thing, yeah. I wonder on the starting lineup change, and you know, look, that's what I'm writing about. I, in some ways, think that's the story of the night because he announced post game, like, this wasn't just a matchup related thing. Like, he thinks he's going to stick with it. Uh, I th- maybe it just encourages them to try harder defensively. Like, hey, Jordan Poole, you exactly. wanted to start? Yep. Well, look, you're starting. Like, you better, like, come with necessary force. And everybody else, Kavon Looney's not back there anymore. You better, you know, crash in and rebound. You Like, you know, maybe it just elicits more, you know, team-wide focus on the defensive end. And then you know, hey, Looney's going to, you know, still play his 25, 20 minutes anyways that he was always going to play. I agree. Like, it's like, Hey, this is how we have to do it. Jordan Poole, you're going to have to play tough. Steph, you're going to have to play tough. Clay, you're leaning on, you know, whoever you can out there. Uh, and Clay had Tatum again for long stretches. He didn't start on him. That's Wiggins, of course. But Clay, when Wiggins came out, it was Clay on, on Tatum. And Tatum struggled until the end, obviously. Um, this is, like, they, this is playoff Warriors. I think that's what, I mean, I think we also, like, this is what the Warriors have to do to get into a playoff mode. Can they keep doing it? We'll see. But we know it's there. We know they're out there still. And I think the league, I mean, everybody's watching this game. The league's saying, okay, yeah, the Warriors are still there. Like, you, you get the Warriors in the first round. You, like, say you're Memphis in a two-set, whatever it's going to be. Like, it's, they, they got to be on alert because this stuff is still there with the Warriors. And, again, I, I circle Jordan Poole because I think he means so much to them, sometimes good, sometimes bad. When he's going to play that tough, if he's going to play like that, they're so much better. They're, they, they're just a whole dimension better. And, and that gets everyone else going because they see Jordan Poole doing it. Uh, that's a big deal. I mean, again, they didn't finish this off. We're going to talk about that. But just being in this, in this moment when everybody's looking at them, that is a large, large, large departure from everything we've seen throughout the season. Marcus, thoughts on the uh, the choice to, to change from a starting lineup that, by the way, is the best lineup in basketball. I mean, that's always interesting. Uh, I feel like, I mean, this is the issue that at some point they're going to have to deal with. Uh, as obviously, it's the best starting lineup. But to me, like like as TK said, Jordan Poole is so, such a huge factor for this team. And they can't. You can't get away from the fact that when he starts, they're just they're just more explosive. When he starts, he's better. He's and better. He's better. They're better. Yeah. Like that's like you can't escape that. And I feel like like you know Steve is like, all right, we just can't go without like pool, especially while Wiggins is is really like scuffling offensively. Like 
you just can't go you you can't do it you can't go with like pool being kind of a half a step off his game because it's just difficult for him uh so he's the young player right he's the 23 year old he's the guy you probably want to say all right let me put you in position to be better uh instead of like hey you go figure it out dude because you know you're you're going to get $30 million next year, so you need to figure it out now. But it's like you put him in position to succeed. He's clearly better when he's starting and when he knows he's getting 30 minutes and he's getting the shots. He's just better. Like, that's just what it is. So, to me, I feel like it makes sense. Uh, but shout out to Looney, who who you can do this with, and it's it's never a problem, right? Like, you know you wanna, always got this ace I in the went hole. up to him and – in the locker room post game and I was like uh come on you know we're gonna have this conversation for you know the the 15th time basically that we've had this conversation but you know how do you feel about it and I, you know it's like it's fun we're laughing because it's like you know he's gonna handle it professionally you know he's gonna his answers will be good you know he even alluded to he's like look our best player came off the bench in the in the playoffs last year like I can handle it uh and I remember last year talking to him in Atlanta. When remember they tried to start Kaminga? There was like a four game stretch late last season where they tried to start rookie Jonathan Kaminga, um, and you know Looney was just like, "Look, it's like a rite of passage for a Warrior center." He named like nine different Warrior centers over the years who got benched. He was like Bogut, Zaza, you know David West, Javale would get benched in the playoffs all the time. So uh, you're right. I mean, look, it's just another. Like his professionalism allows Steve Kerr to do stuff like this. And the other thing I think is a little sidelight to the pool thing is we've talked remember we talked about this going into the playoffs, like Draymond and Looney together on the floor. While incredibly effective a lot of times, like it is good, but it does screw you up a little offensively, especially if Wiggins is not shooting the ball well. Like that that does bog you down a little bit. And maybe especially against the Celtics. Although it worked against the Celtics in the finals, again. It's case by case, but I do think that the Looney Draymond, it doesn't hurt to try to split that up a little bit. Get another offensive player in there and, you know, just spread the court out. These bigger teams have Clay guard up. You have to have Clay's going to have to guard up. And I think he's actually pretty good at it. Like he's good. He was guarding with Horford, I think. You know, like he's, you can't. better at it than he is guarding in his position. Exactly. And he could fight for rebounds. Like these are things that Clay can do. So, um, like, you know, I, I, I maybe they're not going to stick with this forever. You know, what happened in the Memphis series when it was time to have to win that series? What did Draymond and Steph say? Get Looney in here. You know, that, that might happen. That probably will happen. But I, I can see why Kerr is doing this. I think it did, you know, you know, they got off to a way better start in this game than they have been getting on the road. They played scrambly defense. They just seemed to get them going. And then, I, if Poole's going to play like this, I say keep him in the starting lineup. He's got to play 30 minutes. This is this is winning stuff. Yeah, one of the things Looney's shown over the last year, really in the playoffs but beyond, is that he is an elite defensive player. It's not just like, oh, he pairs well with Draymond and they kind of make a nice front court. Like, no, he, by himself, Kevon Looney is like, what would you, like, elite? Should we? Would you go that far, like an elite defensive He's really good. That – yeah, that can hold up lineups when Draymond's off the floor. And now at this point, if you stagger them, you pretty much always have like a, a high level anchor of the defense, like in the game at all times. So you know that's something in itself too. It, but it is interesting tonight. They play; they only play eight, so their three bench players are Anthony Lamb, Kevon Looney, and Divincenzo. It's like not much offensive 
you know, burst coming off the bench, but the way he, you know, he really attacked it almost like a playoff game. You know, it's not really going to matter that much because you're always going to have, you know, a couple scores on the floor. Yeah, Steph or Clay or Wiggins, you know, and or or, or Poole just jumbled, mix them up a little bit, uh, and you, you get th- what do you play Steph forty three minutes and you play Poole forty three minutes like. Yeah, that last shot her. looked like it was tired. Oh, that was yeah. a fatigue Steph, shot. <laughs> his whole last 8 11, you know, again, Steph, incredible player, was incredible for the first part of that game. That half court shot was unbelievable. So, Steph. But that last 8 11, he was bad. Like, he was bad. He, uh, I think went one for seven, two turnovers. They were cooking him on defense. That happens. Like, he's he has so much responsibility. I mean, Sometimes. he had a great stop on Tatum on that to set up the game, the game winner attempt. Yeah, but I, I, but he was playing so hard defensively. I think it took a lot out of him. Yep, yep. And we know Steph don't make good decisions when he's when he's tired. Yep. <laughs> like, and you know, awesome. sometimes he makes shots when he's tired, right? I mean, it happens. But this time, I think it w- it wasn't quite there. They didn't have the offense going to kind of balance that out. Uh, but I mean, again, do you think Boston was feeling real happy when Steph was taking those shots? Though, like, I don't think TD Garden was thrilled that Steph was taking those shots. You know, the vibe post game talking to Celtics people was like kind of an unimpressive win. You know, this was supposed to be like, all right, finally stand up to the bullies. Like, you know, they're coming into Boston. You know, show what we've learned. Like, what type of mistakes we've learned from. Well, guess what? Jason Tatum again cannot shoot against the Warriors. He's nine of twenty-seven. <laughs> turnovers. How bad were some yep. of Jason Tatum's turnovers? They, I don't know what they. Do. He just. What do they do to him? I can't. I mean, they stay in front of. You him. know, I, I can tell you what it is. It's what they team philosophy should be. You make him drive yes. every time. Yes. Make him drive. Look, like this is why I think the change is good for the Warriors defensively. Looney. Draymond, protect the paint. But they don't need – like, the paint isn't the problem. Like, okay, team scoring the paint. If the Warriors, the, Warriors, the Warriors lose when teams make threes. Two and 14 when the opposing team make 15-3. That's to be the goal. Keep them from 15 threes. Two and 14. Like, they don't win when the other team make threes because all they do is shoot threes. That's all the Warriors do is shoot threes. So if the other team matches them, they lose the advantage. When Boston was scoring inside, it wasn't killing them. They were still winning the game because they're going to make threes. They have Steph, they have Clay, they have Jordan Poole, they have Wiggins. They're going to make threes. They got to stop the other team from making threes. And Poole was great. Wiggins was great. Pressure in the perimeter, making them drive. Tatum, if he drives 100 times, he's going to turn it over seven times. He's just going to do it. He's going to try to get fouls. He doesn't do that against any other team except for the Warriors, though, by the way. I just think they're better at contesting. Their wings are better at contesting drives than the Warriors give them credit for. Like, they do all this helping the collapse, and they leave the corner shooters open when they're actually pretty good contesting on drives. Like, they reach a lot and all that, but, like, then you throw in Kaminga in the mix. You throw Dante in there, Wiggins, Clay, Steph. If Jordan Poole's playing like that, you got dudes like, all right, he's going to drive to the basket. Okay, that's cool, but he's going to have to finish. And that's – it's just it's just hard to do. It's not that easy. But they lose the game when they collapse the paint because they're worried about the drive. And then you kick out to the open shooter. That's when they lose the game. So, to me, starting small makes you say, all right, you got to press up on the perimeter. Make everybody drive. Teams aren't doing that, man. They're not driving all game long. They want to they wanna take open threes because they don't want to play that hard. That's something. Yeah. The Andrew Wiggins adductor strain uh, 
turns out to be a pretty pivotal moment and in this early season, I think. I mean, he was playing so good early in the season, shooting like 45% from three. Obviously, you know, he ends up missing 15 games, gets very sick at the end, which I think probably jacked his rhythm and his conditioning even more as he's coming back. And he's just, you know, there's been moments, even tonight in the second half at times, he, he was hot to start the second half. Uh, you see like, oh, it might be breaking through a little bit, but. You know, just seeing him on the same floor that his, like, you know, his career, you know, highlight achievement came like six, seven months ago. To see him in that first half, not like couldn't really guard that well. Uh, Horford early in the game was was killing them inside because they put Wiggins on Horford and Horford had two, you know, quick post up buckets. His three wasn't falling. It has not fallen since he's come back uh, to the point that they actually they closed with Looney and Poole over Wiggins to close the first half. It's just like, He's got to get back, and, and and it's understandable why he's you know struggling as you know right now to kind of get his rhythm. Um, but they need it to happen. Yep. I mean, uh, the one thing I'll give him credit for, I thought he fought, and he was taking the shots. Like at least he's not turning him down. Uh, like that's almost worse. Like just you got to take him, and at some point he's going to make him at least at a decent percentage. Uh, you could just tell how many times the ball end up in his hands at the end of shot clock. Like a lot. And it's just like, you got to go do something. Uh, and they need his defense, all those things. Even when Kaminga's back, so they're, they're going to need both of them. They're going to need everybody they got on defense. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's a huge thing for them. It was He was huge in the playoffs. He, he just was a, a thing they could count on. They could count on Wiggins going to get 14 to 22 points. You're going to get 10 to 11 rebounds, and you're going to play great defense. And the, when you don't have that, that you really, really miss it, especially this year with no GP2, no Otto Porter. Like, like they just need that thing. And Iguodala for two games, and then he's out again. Like, you know, th- that's really, really noticeable with this roster, I think. Uh, it was huge last year, but they had kind of some other things. This time it's like Wiggins, and they don't have it. Like, they don't have it from anybody else. Maybe Kaminga, but then, you know, he's been out, and sometimes they don't get that from Kaminga either. Sounds like a call for Patrick Baldwin Jr. Patrick Baldwin Jr. Well, how about Moses Moody, a DMP? Like, this could have been a game where he played a little bit. And it's the continuing theme of this podcast. Steve Curry yeah. is not liking Moses Moody this season. Is yeah, not started him. I remember last season in Boston in a win in the regular season, they started Moses Moody. And, yeah, yeah, year two he's getting – again, we don't need to even belabor the talking point. We, we've discussed it plenty. But, yeah, you're right. He's buried. Ty Jerome's inactive tonight. Um, well, you know, you know who else you didn't see, by the way? Uh, Peyton Pritchard. Yeah. <laughs> Hauser, you know, yeah. Hauser played a little bit. Blake Griffin, like no, nobody was playing. Everybody was eight deep. Yep, Blake Griffin was having a good time on the bench, though. Let me tell you, <laughs> they both teams played more guys in the finals than this, right? They I mean, did in the regular. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this was this was tighter than a, than a finals game. Like both coaches, well, Mozula obviously didn't coach in the finals, but. Like it felt like like we, they were just gonna just play their guys. That's it. I'm not even gonna think about playing somebody I don't trust so much. Uh, it shows you how much Kerr wanted to win. I mean, clearly it shows you how much the Celtics want to win. They're they're talking about it afterwards. That's a good moment though. Like you meet that moment. The other team is great and really wants to win on their home court, and, and you play them in OT. You want to finish. They didn't, but just taking them there and having the shot to win it uh, is pretty large for the Warriors. I, I do think. I mean, do they feel like? 
what was this Slayer? What was the response to that? They feel like this was a big, big moment for them, or they saying it wasn't? What were they saying uh, Steve was like, yeah, that I know that team. That proves to me like that it still exists within uh, us. Um, just that first three quarters, and just generally the performance overall, besides the close. Draymond was pretty uh, curt in his po- like his post game interview lasted like probably a minute forty. And like one of the questions was framed like, you know, is this basically like, is this a moral victory? And he was not having it. Um, so, you know, it was like, I would say a disappointed locker room, but it wasn't like a distraught locker room. They were also like, there's, there's weather issues in Boston. They're like worried about getting out of here tonight. Mm-hmm. They did all the locker uh, interviews in the locker room there, uh, you know, to rush out of here. You know, they're getting training table stuff done because of all the heavy minutes for all the veterans. Um, but generally, I don't know. I mean, like, Steph was signing his jersey to give to Blake Griffin, you know, the star of the night over there on the bench. Like I said, having a great time. Um, Aaron Miles, former Celtics – or former Warriors assistant, who's now a Celtics assistant, came in, and he was chatting with, you know, Steph and Draymond. And, you know, and he's wearing a Celtics polo. Nobody cares. You know, he's uh, – so I would say generally fine. I mean, Poole, Poole was slightly upset with some of the calls late. You know the one – and it did surprise me – and it was a big play in overtime. He misses the layup where I, you know, I don't know if he did or didn't get fouled, but then he rushes back in the play, gets a strip of Jalen Brown, and he dives for the ball. And everybody in the Warriors locker room, and honestly, I'm talking to media members, thought uh, Jalen Brown shoved him on the loose ball, and he and, did get fouled on that. On yeah, that layup. Yeah, or for yeah, so the, yeah. two big swing calls there, and, uh, and he then was they hot over too. With the he three. was hot. He was <laughs> ri- yeah. Post I thought game, he was going to tell. Yeah, that was yeah. crazy. Um, that's that's, so, that's but, but, Poole's life, though, right? He didn't get that yeah. call. But to your point, I mean, really, I mean, we've said this all season. It's not a team that's like panicking about their record. And a part of that is like, you know, what are they enter the day sixth in the West? Usually you'd be like, Hey, they are 22 and 23. Like they are falling behind in the West. They're like four games out and, and tumbling. It's like, well, no, they're still like basically sixth. Yeah. I mean, they do have a bunch of teams right behind them though. I mean, like including the Oklahoma city thunder. Oklahoma the rising. Thunder. I mean, yeah, there's, there's teams behind them. They're probably, you know, let's just say they're, Likely to lose tomorrow in Cleveland, just on a back-to-back, haven't played overtime and stuff, played 43 minutes. Uh, I mean, I imagine some of those guys are going to say clearly Clay will. Um, you know, but most, those Moody, other teams, she's lose too. That's why they're there. Yeah. <laughs> they Moody, Moody, too. I'll say Moody's got to play. Uh, but like, you know, coming that, back? <laughs> sounds like Jonathan Kaminga and Jermichael Green. You may wow. see Jermichael Green tomorrow wow. also. So uh, front court depth is returning. This is an important three weeks for Jermichael Green. Let me just say that quick before the I deadline. Because to get into that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like to me he's like the the, uh, the potential upgrade that might be coming to this roster or rotation would be his rotation spot. You know, you're talking about basically the ninth man. And, they, you know, Jermichael Green still has three weeks here, I think, to, to stake his claim that, you know, you don't need to upgrade. I'm the upgrade. Uh, because, you know, if you go for somebody in the buyout market or, you know, you, you, you do a small trade, like they would probably be around a Jermichael Green type level if Jermichael Green is, is the tough spacing big that he was, you know, I guess, uh, advertised to be. He just hasn't been. So I think this is huge for him coming up. Yeah, but he's missed how much time now? And we saw, what, 15 yeah. games did the freaking 
Don't, we'll hey, don't you hate TK? He's about to get out here and walk on the court with double doubles. The one thing he's gonna hit, hit three threes a game and he'll shoot forty two percent from three. Yeah, it's gonna happen. It's yeah, gonna well, happen. he you know he's not as much like Wiggins needs the rhythm because Wiggins needs to score. Jermichael Green can kind of like if you just can get out there and be super high energy, rebound, throw the body around, occasionally hit a three, which maybe that'll be tough having missed a month. By the way, and it wasn't an easy month for him, right? He gets COVID and then he gets a really bad leg infection that sends him to the hospital and like so yeah but you know they've needed front court minutes from people yep no question no question uh and they just need minutes like they can't keep doing this i mean this was extreme but uh, you know i think steph and draymond are getting worn down a little bit you know and that's what they didn't want steph's been was out before this but the burden on him is heavy uh and you know they're going to get this, you know, they got some more home games coming up. They, they just need to get some wins in. And so they can kind of breathe a little bit because like, this is going to be like three months of stress to get into the playoffs, which are then the most stressful things possible. Uh, like that. I don't think that'd be a good way to do it. And the, you know, we all understand this is a good L, you know, this is an L where you can build some things on, but they get another L tomorrow. And then, you know, wait a minute. Now here comes Phoenix or, you know, Clippers just jumped. You know, there's going to be that yeah. competition. There are two, home, there are two upcoming home games that are not easy, by the way. It's uh, Nets, although, you know, they're not looking as good. Nets getting cooked right now, yeah. 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 Well, maybe that one is easy. But Memphis then comes in next week. And, you, you, you know, I'm waiting for Memphis to come in and throw a haymaker. Maybe that just, like, ignites the Warriors again to take a game yep. serious. But, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I just think, you know, we've always said Steph, Draymond, Clay, you just don't write them off. They've been saying it. They know what they've got. They do need other people, though. You know, Slater, you had the story today that, you know, they're not shopping the young guys. That's the only way they can really make a trade. And, you know, I, I totally get that. Look at the buyout market, you know, whatever Lamb will be, you know, they'll probably move Lamb to that 15th roster spot and then see what they can do around that. But God, I'm thinking – it might you might need a better player than that, and I don't know they can get a better player, but I don't know that the bio market's going to be to get, to get a better player than that. They would need to give up more than they appear willing to give up. Like that's just the reality, especially yep. in this market, and yep. like that's just the handcuff that they've been dealt. You know, sure, yep. like Kelly Olynyk sounds great, but he he's going to cost too much in a trade, and then he's going to cost too much money if you want to like retain him long term. So, you know, it's the um, upgrades need to come from within. Now, I think one of the big ones, you know, Kaminga, like, showed a lot. Showed a lot before he went out. And they could really use two strong months of Kaminga, like, you know, basically saying, I'm here. Like, I'm a part of the future, but I'm also a part of the now. I'm an every-night rotation player. I, you know, can allow you to get into different lineup combinations against teams like the Celtics or or Memphis. And like, I can be a big switching wing and I can unlock a lot of things. And, you know, Andre Iguodala will, will drop in and out. But to me, Kaminga is the guy that can like really make it seem like it's a, it's a better rotation than it has been. Well, he's the only guy there that isn't playing now who can change them. Right. He sometimes when he's on the floor, he changes how they play in a good way. Some of those guys can change how they play in a not good way. But like he he can like have Steph and Clay go whoa let's get the ball to Kaminga or whoa they, what you're doing on defense is special no yeah, yeah. and he's been in the rotation so it's not like he's an add to the rotation he's just been out but yet another guy who's missed some time is going to take some time to get you know is going to take some time for these guys we've, we've just seen it uh, 
even Steph was not, you know, really on his game for a couple games there after missing, what, 12 or however many games he missed. Um, like, this is just, they're going to get used to have to get used to it. And I, I don't know, wh- where do we think they're going to land in the seedings? I'm not, it's hard for me to figure it out right now. I mean, I've been thinking five, six, possibility of four. I think that's all still there, but like these other teams could play games too, right? They're all there. Like, again, I'm looking at the Clippers. We're looking at, you know, some teams, you know, Utah's right there. Oklahoma City's right there. They're not going away. So, like, the Warriors have a three-game losing streak, four-game losing streak. They're going to be, like, 12th place in, in, in the West. Doesn't mean that's where they're going to finish, but, like, this could be a 7-8 team. It really could be. And I still think they'd be have a good shot against anybody, but it's, that's where they could be. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm going 6C. Because I want to see, I called this a while ago too, Slater. Kings Warriors, Warriors. Warriors. with with Kings holding home court. I mean, yes, Kings could you script it any better? How big, uh, how big, uh, big would that beam be if they win a home playoff game over the Warriors, Slater? Like, like, it's gonna like melt melt the city of Sacramento. The the beam might break. The (laughs) beam might break. Like I said, I think we, I think you asked this on another podcast. I, I think Vivek would be inside the beam, being like <laughs> lifted into outer space. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be a fun series. That really would be a fun series. I think. I kind of want to see these teams play in the regular season. I just kind of want to see this. Uh, you know, I think they're very well matched. I mean, I'm not saying I don't think the Warriors are just significantly better than them. they are playoff tested they have the superstars but like right in the regular season matchup just kind of like you know a game on a thursday night i'd really want to see how that when both teams are really going for it and both teams are healthy i really want to see this i know slater wants to see it absolutely slater oh i I wish they had like 14 of them on the schedule but they don't uh you know they play three times in the first like 12 games and then they don't play again until like April seventh, I think it's like the second to last game of the. Imagine yeah, like the, the Warriors got to win it to stay out of the play-in. Like that would be really. What if the what if what if there's you know that's seeding maneuver week, right? The last week yep. of the season. I mean, yeah, maybe the what Kings if the are Kings staring Kings down. Yeah. Lose if they lose, they yeah. don't have to see the Warriors. Do they play it? Do yeah. they go for the win? Oh, they let me tell you, like they want to, the they want to play the Warriors. They want to play the Warriors. No, I do not think they do. For Mike Brown is like, no, we don't, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Mike. Mike Brown's like, let me sit you down, but back, like you know, <laughs> I don't think we want this. Uh, and the other thing is, from a you know, if they get, let's say, the Nuggets or you know, name a random first round opponent, Memphis, that 
arena is going to be just like insane with only Kings fans. You get the Warriors in that building, enough Warriors fans are going to invade it. Oh, it would yeah. be an unbelievable environment, but it would be a little bit more split than I think. It would be a want. great environment. But if you're if you're a Sacramento, if you're Mike Brown, who you want to see the Warriors are like the Timberwolves, right? Yeah. <laughs> you definitely. I think he's got some you opinions want. on that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, but I'm I mean, not... it'd be it'd be a great series though. We we we. The Kings and Warriors, I mean, of course, the Kings never make the playoffs, but they haven't been in a playoff together before. So I feel like it'll be a short drive, nice little trip, NorCal love. And the sixth seed is 10. I, I, I agree. I think four seed might be a reach, even though, like, they're still, like, in, in earshot. But the teams that are there just aren't going to – you just don't see a losing streak coming like that. You know, maybe New Orleans could fall if Zion is out for a while, but they're still good enough to – to hold it, you know, it's, it's Utah. You keep it. We keep expecting to fall. It's Dallas. Luca's already talking about, he needs some help, right? Like it's those teams, like who's going to fall back. I can see it being those teams, Dallas, Utah, Minnesota, Clippers. I don't think any of these teams can, can sustain anything long yeah. enough to be and, and a problem. And can the question is, can the Warriors? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think we've been past the the point where you can expect them to be the favorites. I think they're at where they were before. Because remember, if they if they beat Memphis and get into the playoffs and face Utah, you know that was they they were rolling headed at that part of the season. It was like, all right, you don't want to you don't want to really see the Warriors, and they didn't have Clay. But I, I think that's the situation they're in, and they have like. Oh, you're talking about the play, experience the, the play, the play the yeah. Remember if they beat Memphis and it's like, all right, if they get in, they're a scary team. Like they weren't favored by any means, but it's like, do you really want to play them? I think they're back in that situation. They're back in the same situation. I feel like they do need to avoid one or two. So they need to avoid seven or eight. Like you can beat them, but man, even if you beat them, it's going to take such a toll out of you <laughs> for a first round series, right? Yeah, like well. to beat Memphis or Denver. Like that's they need they I think they need to avoid that, but like now it's like you know puncher's chance and they still might not win. Like it's not it's not unreasonable that a team wouldn't run it back. Like that's a, it's a very hard thing to do to repeat, which I, I, makes me wonder. I don't know what you guys think if they're looking at this like look, either we're not gonna win it this year or it's gonna be tough, but we definitely got to make changes for next year. Do you, is it possible that they could pull a trigger on a move that sets them up for the next three years instead of just like waiting for that to happen? And next year, like, like if oh, you those out there, if Pascal Siakam becomes available, do they make the move? Do they do they push the offseason up early and just do it now? Is that is that something possible depending on who comes available? Could you see them actually pulling the trigger on that or is too much just unsettled? And you just gotta wait for the offseason. You know, to make you know what I think. Moves. You know what I think. One of the unsettled things is for them, like they don't know what Draymond's gonna do with his yep. option, and um, that like uh, impacts a lot of, you know, how they are gonna decide to move forward. And they can't, they can't go to Draymond now and go, "What are you gonna do?" Because Draymond doesn't know. And why would even if Draymond didn't know, like he <laughs> doesn't need to uh, necessarily inform them. So I just think that handcuffs them in a lot of ways. And then I just think the market is not great. You know, like. You know what Pascal Siakam would probably go for right now? Not what the Warriors are trying to pay. So, yeah, look, I mean, yeah, Dejounte Murray went for what three first round picks. Like, 
Yeah. Like, yeah. This is a this is a tough market for that kind of thing. And and who would they trade? Like so in, in that who are they trading? Whoever they would trade in off season. <laughs> I mean, we all well, are saying yeah, it's going to have to be somebody with it's going to have to be somebody with salary, right? It can't be. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to do it in the off season anyway, which we all have talking about, this is what they're saying. They're not going to pay that big bill. And if you're looking at this team and thinking eh, they're not going to win a championship, but if you could, you just do it in? now. Yeah, but if you get like you know, okay, we're Siakam. Like, obviously, you're sending out money, but you're also getting back a contract that has you know multiple yeah, yeah. years left at. 30 plus so you're not solving your problem you're almost just extending your problem more years into the future it's well like, only yeah. if the dollar only if the dollars match yeah i i and the way i'm thinking after i talked to lake of last time like they're probably you know they don't they want to solve it all financially i don't think they can because the only way they can solve it all is to lose draymond or to keep draymond and trade wiggins or pool or Clay. And i don't think they're going to do that or Clay. Yeah, like, the Clay thing, Clay, yeah. Yeah, that's just too hard. I think Clay's too hard. Uh, you know, if they could, you know, you know, there certainly is, is one way to do it. But I, I just don't think you can't get a player, right? You can't get a player back for Clay. This is – I don't know that they can do that. I don't think they can fix it all. So I just why I keep circling Wiseman. Like, that's $12 million. That does, that's not $25 million. That's what they need to drop down to, you know, their level before they extend a pool. But it's still 12. 12 times 7 is a lot with with the luxury tax. I would try to do it now. Maybe they're not going to do it now. But then they're going to have to do it in I July. They, they've got One of the things that, yeah. that, you know, the reason, like, let's say if Draymond did just walk in the summer and, you know, he could just decide to do that if he's, a, you know, even if the Warriors are like, we want you back, Draymond could walk. Um, Wiseman as, you know, and, and – Fans may not love this, but Wiseman's part of the front court, road, you know, replacements yep. for for no, Draymond potentially leaving. So, so there, and you don't know yet. Like maybe you do decide to move off Wiseman later, but I think you don't need to rush to move off him. I think is generally their opinion, especially because like what is that? You know what you're getting right now for James Wiseman? <laughs> yeah, uh, you're, no, you're just getting off with James Wiseman. That's it. <laughs> you're getting off yeah. with James Wiseman. You're not getting. I don't think you're going to get much. You might have to throw a pick in there to get anything of, of value back. It's just, you know, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you tell Steph and Draymond right now then? Like, ah, eh, we don't think we're, we're good enough, so we're going to go. I mean, I don't know that they're going to I mean, but the, in that hypothetical random crazy situation, they'd be getting a really good player. Well, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, it's just like not for this year, but for the next three years. And like, all right. I mean, at some point I feel like they got to decide. We're just gonna run with these guys, so it, it ain't gonna happen now. I was just wondering, like you know, trades trades come available. If something big happens, could you pull the trigger now if you're going to do something in the off season anyway? You like, mentioned if they lose in the first round. Yeah, you man, mentioned but, but they, it's, it's it's harder to do it now than it would be in July. Frankly, it just is. No, yeah, yeah much because, harder because you can't trade Wiggins, you can't trade Poole. <laughs> I mean, like you you can't like their contracts haven't started yet. So uh, also, I, I think. I think that the substantial moves like breaks up the core. And I just think that they also are like, we, they won the title last year. Give them one chance to go try it again. You know what I mean? And when you're talking big, big, you got to give them a real chance though. (laughs) Yeah. But when you're talking to me, when you're talking like huge moves, that includes breaking up the core just because just from financially, that means some big money piece is going elsewhere. And the big money pieces are, you know, the legends really. 
Yeah, man. All right, so when the options Draymond. come available, they can't do it because they're going for yeah. one more run as a six seed. Yeah, and, well, and, and and the big complication is what we go right back to is you, Draymond has the call. Like they don't have the call with Draymond. Draymond has the call. So like th- this just bogs it all down to where like yeah, the team that played tonight should have a chance. Should be like you guys go do it. Let's see what you can do. And unless they have some dramatic way to get a lot better for now and financially and for the future, and I don't think they do. Uh, this is kind of what they got. I, again, that's why I just Wiseman is the one who isn't playing, who you know was the number two overall, who's got a big contract next season. Maybe they don't move him. Maybe they just stick with it and say, you know what, we kind of do want him in year, you know, two years from now. And I get that, but it's not doing you much good right now. And this is when you got Steph Curry playing like this. So Slater, would you move him for like a, a rental? Would I, or do I think they would? Oh, we know they're not, but <laughs> I was just saying, do you think they're making the right decision to not move him for a rental? Hmm. I don't know. It's it's risky because you, you, you get a ninth man and then you're still not good enough, and then you just, you, you just know, squander. Just, just punt it. Yeah. Um, and – is does this team with Kelly Olynyk as as a ninth man like oh now they're winning the West I don't know, um, I'd have to know like who who the rental is you know, uh, if it's like you know Alex Caruso yeah. I think oh, like changes that's right? a no brainer but yeah. you know he yeah he has money committed to him in the future so does Wiseman um, so you know it depends on their tax appetite but. And I'm not, you know, Chicago's like trying to make a run up the East right now and they need Alex Cruz. So I'm not even sitting like, I doubt, highly doubt that would even be available. But to me, some, somebody who's like multi-positional could theoretically close. Like Otto Porter would occasionally start and he would occasionally close in the playoffs. He only averaged 19 minutes a game, but like they were a significant 19 minutes and they were, you know, sometimes like, you know, like I said, closing minutes. Um, If you could get a player like that out there, then I'd say yes, but I mean, it wouldn't just like we're to get somebody like that. It would be like Wiseman and like first rounder, you know, like it, it wouldn't just be for James Wiseman. I wouldn't think. No, it would be it'd be Wiseman a first rounder. Yeah, it, it would be Wiseman and Moody. And I don't and again, I don't know what Moody's trade value is right now. Uh, but my again, I keep going. They're not going to do it. We know there's a strong affection for James Wiseman. I get it. I understand it. But I think they're going to have to move off him anyway because I don't think they're moving Poole. I think they, you know, they're going to do what they can to keep Draymond. They're not moving Wiggins. Then you're looking at four hundred eighty million dollars, and they're not doing that. And so, you know, can they do four twenty? Can they do four thirty? The way they get to that is just lop off Weissman's salary. And you know, if you take back money, maybe then you trade that money. Like you know, you you do stuff in order to set up other stuff, but. If they've got a thing that they can't have next season, they cannot pay this guy. He's under contract, and he's not helping you anyway. What can you do with him to get somebody who can help you? And, and maybe it's only by degrees, but, like, who's better than, you know, going eight guys, not even going to a ninth guy in Boston when your guys are wearing out, or playing Anthony Lamb 22 minutes, or playing, you know, it's just, there's some things that are being exposed right now. Again, really good game, but that roster, and we know it'll be different when they get Kaminga and Jamichael Green back, and maybe Wiseman comes back and plays. 
But I just looked at the logic of it, and the logic is they're going to come off of Wiseman at some point. They are, in my opinion. Unless you think they're coming off, unless Draymond's leaving, and then you're yeah, there's, there's, yeah, yeah, and the other way you don't come off Wiseman, you come ends, off one of the stars. How yeah. this season ends on both sides, Draymond's side and the Warriors side, will very much dictate Draymond's future. You know what I mean? And that we're and he knows how much of a card he holds. Um, so, you know, I don't and what like, and what I think, no, it, I think we all understand thir- that Draymond being here next year is not a guarantee. So. Then I think Wiseman is would be back in the picture. I guess, yeah. But you know, and thirty, you know, what's thirty going to say? Yeah, you're letting you got you got bigger problems if you're swapping <laughs> Draymond for Wiseman. That's all I'm saying. Like, <laughs> well, if if, Dray, if Draymond <laughs> is departing, the title window is probably over. I mean, that's just what it is. Well, Marcus is getting the Siakam, so maybe it's still opens after that. But yeah. <laughs> I mean. I was just wondering, could they, would they do it now? That's all. That's mostly what I was. I don't thinking. know how. how would they like, do it? like what you're saying, TK, is an inevitability, right? Yeah. Like somebody's got they got to do it. So if you're looking at a team and they're kind of struggling right now, and it's like, all right, this is kind of tough. Like who knows what comes? Like like Dejounte Murray comes available, uh, or yeah. you know those type of guys. Would you just go ahead and get it done now and get a player? who can ride with you for the next three. Like, Caruso would be great. I mean, obviously, it's not that big, but, you know, you might have to, you're going to have to give up something for Caruso. <laughs> well, the reason why Caruso very much, like, fits is because he is a low salary. You know, when you're talking yeah, about Siakam to yeah. the world, like, it's just too too big a chunk. Yep. So. The, right, I mean, there's other guys out there. It's, you know, uh, we don't always know who, who's coming available, but, um. Like they're going to have to be. I just think they have to take a look, a hard look, and, and keep their options open. They can't just say we're not trading James Wiseman. Like they can't say that. Like maybe that's the way it's going to end up. I don't think they can say that. Just the money and the him not helping. I, I think I, I think the big thing is the market out there. Uh, you know, I assume they kind of know what it is, and it's yep. not exactly an appetizing one. Yeah, no, so. that's what they got. Uh, come on, man! They aren't giving away players out there. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I still think – I think they can do it, but I do think they need some help. If they don't get anything, I think it's going to be a lot to ask. You're going to need some heroic type of postseason performance from somebody else. Well, I mean like – You're just going to have to get it. That's what last year was, right? Andrew Wiggins yeah, postseason, yeah. Jordan Poole's even in some ways, Steph Curry's obviously. I mean, regardless of – like to me, they're needing heroic performances, regardless of if they upgrade their ninth man. And you know, to, I, I wrote. Yeah, it but today, they're needing but, it from unlikely places if they don't get help, right? Like, yeah, not, no doubt. I mean, you're talking about like Andre Iguodala throwing back the clock and staying healthy, but yeah, or um, Kaminga suddenly yeah. becoming like a, a a factor, right? Or Dante playing lights out. Like, it's gonna take something else like that. I think uh, just to get through the struggle, or, of the or a couple, or a couple things like that, a couple just, things like yeah, that, yeah, not yeah. just one. I mean, and again, this that you, we are talking about what happened last year: Gary Payton the second in the playoffs, Otto Porter's big games, the times feelings of being able to suddenly guard Like that is what happens when you win a title: is like you know, random places you get like heroic, like role player performances. And what you're, what you guys are talking about is adding to the cupboard of people who could possibly do that. Yes. Uh, yes. And, you know, I just I think the most likely addition to that cupboard might come via buyout. And, you know, they, I do think there will be a, an appealing buyout destination. But buyout candidates typically, historically, don't really do much. 
So we will see, I guess. But it's gonna be Anthony Lamb. I mean, I do think he's gonna be on the roster. Uh, yeah, he's gonna be on the playoff roster. He's gonna be on the playoff roster. Yeah, he's gonna be on the playoff roster, but it's not gonna be Anthony Lamb. <laughs> I mean, Anthony Lamb had twenty two in the first half the other day. Remember yeah, that? We, we like we saw tonight. <laughs> yeah, like, there's there are levels to this. You can't be asking two way guys to win you playoff games. Yeah. It's, it's, tough. it's tough. It's tough. And yet, they still almost beat Boston and Boston. <laughs> All this stuff, and they still almost beat Boston and Boston. So, yeah. Speaking of which, what is Belly doing anyway? By the way, isn't his season going to be over soon? Or uh, he signed a multi-year deal? Huh? He can't come. Huh? Yeah, I think, I, I think Billy. I think like, oh, Billy! I think that Billy. I know what Billy Bean is going to do. What the hell? Billy. Yeah. <laughs> can, can they sign Bogut again? Can they do that again? I'd appreciate that part. That'd be fine. The elites to come back and like, hey, here I am, here I am, ready to say, y'all needed, y'all needed me. I heard y'all needed me. Y'all needed a Tatum (laughs) defender. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Good deal, good deal. All right, we uh, we'll talk next week. you know, Warriors play Sunday against the Nets, but, you know, sounded like they wanted to try to move tip time at 530 because it's going to be going up against the Niners-Cowboys, but it sounds like it's going to stay 530. So I'm sure you guys are just going to be absolutely locked into that game. I will be mesmerized by it every second. Like, you guys keep referring to these other games that happen during 49ers games, and like, I, I just don't register them because I don't I – I, I can watch them on tape. It doesn't matter. I, if I'm not watching it live, it doesn't register to me. And that game that might not be my league my, pass. Might not register. Might not register. Hold on. You think you think Niners Cowboys will be a bigger game than Warriors Cavs? Might slightly. Warriors Nets actually. Warriors Nets. I I don't want to put up with somebody on Twitter when I was saying the Four Niners likely to play Sunday evening, and they're they're like, oh, even against the Warriors Nets, would that would they want to do that? It's like I don't think the NFL really. They got Four Niners Cowboys. They're not too worried about the audience for the Warriors Nets. It's probably not going to take that much out of it. I'm sorry to say, but there's going to be like 28 million people watching this game, or whatever. It's going to be more than that. It's going to be like 40 million people watching this game. So, uh, All right. Well, uh, we will talk next week at some point uh, with the Niners either in the NFC title game or ooh, it would be an elimination if the Cowboys go in there. Hey, they could. They really could. I think oh, they yeah. could win this game. I really did. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Talk to you then.